Welcome to episode 15 of the AFL Europe podcast and for the latest instalment of our One Kick Later series, where we're joined by Morten Muirhoy. Being introduced to Australian football at a young age in Denmark, Morton shares his journey from playing in Farum's junior program to representing his country on the international stage. Knowing there's a team representing Denmark or representing whatever country you, you're from is a, is a great feeling and it, it, it builds something amongst the group that's something that you can always talk about. Over the years, Morton has become heavily involved in the growth of footy in Denmark and the Danish-Australian Football League and talks to some of the league's history and traditions as well as the many success stories that have come out of the country. Enjoy! Morton, welcome and thank you for joining me on the AFL Europe podcast and as part of our One Kick Later series. How's it going? Going really well. Sunny shining in here in Denmark. I saw that you guys played around two over the weekend, which is uh, pretty impressive. Already two rounds through the daffle of the Danish-Australian Football League season. How's, how's it been having footy back and just playing some competitive footy again? Oh, it's been really great. I think everyone has really missed it. Um, normally, we have a pretty decent tradition of having some um, winter preseason training indoors, uh, but due to the corona situation, indoor sports has not really been an option. A few locker clubs have had uh, artificial grass to trade on and had had a bit kick around still. But um, being back to competitive football is uh, something we've all missed during the winter. And round two was a really, really, really good round. We had the the two Jutland teams, uh, part of Denmark that we call Jutland, that played against each other. Uh, for the first time in, in many years, with our hopes being uh, being back in, in full capacity and, and playing in the league and, and won the game surprisingly, I would have uh, I would have bet for, for the Opel Kangaroos to take that one, but now all who stay, uh, they keep improving every, every time I, I send them messages, there are more players and more volunteers around, so they're doing doing a good job up there. I saw one of their players kick 10 goals as well, which is uh, outstanding. Unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. And he was... He was uh, he was playing in a in a game against my club here at Odense last year when he didn't touch the football, so he must have really done 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 some uh, fitness work during the winter. Yeah. Lockdown. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm keen to keen to jump into this uh, interview and uh, the next thirty minutes, I suppose. So um, let's get straight into it. To start us off, I've got a few questions just to learn a bit about or more about yourself. Um, so if you're ready, we'll just jump straight into that. Let's get to it. Question number one: What was the sport or sports you played growing up? Uh, growing up, uh, handball is a big thing here in, in Denmark, and I uh, grew up playing um, handball in the winter and, and soccer during the spring and, and summertime. So it was uh, mainly the two bigger sports here in Denmark that I think 90% of, of, of kids play here in, here in Denmark. So it was mainly um, being running around the, the midfield playing soccer or standing in the goals uh, playing handball. I was the one trying to, to catch the football for not going into the net. Uh, so that was that was uh, the major sport that I'd grown up in. What about your first experience playing Australian football? Well, my first experience was um, I'm, I'm from a small town called uh, Birkerol, very beautiful Danish pronunciation of that, um, and it's right next to the city of Farm, where the most successful club and, and former biggest club in, in Denmark is, and they had a junior program running, and they had a an awesome guy called uh, Jim Campion who traveled around to all the different uh, schools and talked to PE teachers if you could borrow the kids for a few hours during PE and show them this uh, weird sport with uh, where you're allowed to tackle each other and you're not allowed to throw the football but you have to punch it. Um, and he came up to, to a PE session in, at a school and after two hours of being introduced to, yeah, no, no, take the 40. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, an open invite to join 
the junior program environment. The next week, me and a few other mates, we travel up there. We've been we've been playing playing ever since. Yeah, awesome. I'm definitely keen to jump into that into that story and the the junior program there at Farum. We'll get through a few more first. Over the years, where's been your favourite destination or venue to play at? Oh, I've been been lucky enough to to visit a fair few venues around Europe and in Denmark. Uh, obviously, close to my heart is the home ground and farm, where after the game you can go into the sauna and, and have a, have a good time with the boys and a beer. Um, but I really enjoyed when we travelled to uh, Prague to, to face the the Prague Dragons uh, a few years back. Um, really a, a welcoming team. They set up a. Um, a, a massive day and event for, for three clubs traveling from Denmark to them and from, from our, really some good hosting and some good guys and despite maybe being more 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 holes in in the, in the playing field than what we used to it was a it was a really 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 um, great setup and a great day that the, the Dragons pulled off on that occasion yeah and I, I might already know the answer to this I think you might have said it sauna and beers but what's what's the best thing about Australian football in Denmark well, the best thing, uh, mentioned the sauna and the beers, but now I think, <laughs> I think um, being a relatively small sport and being involved in, in many years, you you almost know every single person who plays the sport and, and every time a game has been played uh, around uh, the country, you always be sure to get uh, a resume or I kick 10 goals or uh, uh, I laid a tackle on and beat Mingle Apple from Parham or, or what the story is. So there's a lot of um, community uh, around the sport, a lot of camaraderie and rivalry uh, between the clubs and that close, intimate feeling that we all know each other and, and, and love the same thing. I think that's something probably not unique to, to footy in Denmark, but especially something that I enjoy playing football here in Denmark. Yeah, perfect. All right, well, I'm keen to hear about, uh, yeah, how you got into the sport, that junior program through Farron that you touched on briefly and getting introduced through schools. Tell me about those sort of first experiences of like finding the sport and I suppose what hooked you as a kid. I think the what they did right in Farm at the time was that they um, quickly introduced uh, all the kids to each other and also to the senior teams. So you were allowed to train amongst yourself uh, the junior program and then you were an open invite to join the first half hour and hour with the seniors so that was really cool being 13 14 years of age and uh, playing playing kicking around with the with the, the older boys or uh, men I should probably call them despite sometimes behaving more like boys um, <laughs> but, but um, that was that was something that was really good that they created this um, welcoming culture and always made sure that there were um, direct link between a new junior showing up and the captain from the senior team, they knew each other's names. They would um, talk to each other after whatever activities might've been held. Um, so that was really something that made it um, enjoyable for me as a kid growing up playing in, in, in Farm. Um, obviously the, the physicality of the sport is something that we don't have a lot of sports in, in Denmark where we tackle each other, handball is the closest and we, maybe we hug each other more maybe playing handball then we tackle each other some handball players will probably disagree they say that we we are very competitive but this there's definitely a, a physicality aspect that really um really brought me into love the game even more that after a game you were not just fatigued you were actually completely dead i remember my first time being yeah, 14 years of age um being invited to play in the local league so it's just the the, the internal game in the front club with the seniors 
and I was so tired afterwards because it was it was raining, it was a windy day, uh, being thrown around, around by the, the bigger bodies, despite them uh, a few years telling me, uh, or later telling me that they were actually going quite easy on me. But I, I went home in, in, a, in a warm uh, bath and was just so tired and so happy. And it was, yeah, so, so some of those really digging deep to, to compete and being, being, being in love with the physicality of the game and all the camaraderie and uh, and the welcoming culture around. That's what I, I remember most about growing up playing juniors and farm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great. And looking online, you can actually find stats for for the Daffel and for footy in Denmark that dates back to the early 90s, which is um, must be one of the, the longest leagues that's um, currently standing around Europe. And it's really impressive as well. Obviously, getting involved as a as a kid, and you've played in the footy, and or you've played in the daffel for a number of years now. Talk to me about the history of the league, and I suppose what you remember as a kid. Maybe some of the traditions that you might have been involved in. Yeah, well, I think it's um, it's pretty awesome to play in, play in a league that has sort of history that it has. Um, you can every every other game you go to, you'll meet some of the the other guys that will tell stories from the '90s back when it was a big rougher, not like today, <laughs> and uh, um, tell stories about how it all started and two guys showing up in a in a park and uh, playing, kicking football, and, and deciding to start a, a team. Um, some of the tradition that's that's involved still um, when you when you win the the best and fairest award here in in, in Denmark, you are you are getting the Mitch Stitch Award, um, one of the of the founding father of the league here in Denmark, and he right. often often shows up to these events to hand them out himself, uh, a class guy, um, and the, the the person that I probably knows the best of the the old legends, the Jim Campion, who's the uh, coaching junior program in farm and also the one who uh, came to my school. Um, he actually has the best on ground in the grand final medal named after him so when you're best on ground you are rewarded the best on ground gym champion medal um so there's a few few honors to, to those people who laid all the groundwork for, for all of us who are now running around and enjoying playing football uh, and we we take every opportunity we can to thank them for all their their effort and hard work it's not easy as many People around Europe will know that in the starting process of establishing the league. Um, so being very grateful for all their hard work and appreciating every chance we get. Yeah, awesome. And since since those early years of uh, you sort of playing for, you've become quite involved, quite involved in the sport and in the league. You played through your teens at Farum, where you went represented Denmark as well at the International Cup in 2008-2011. And then a few years later, in 2013, um, you moved to correct me if I'm wrong please is it audience yeah and there was no team there at the time so um you were there for uni and you started your own team or with a few others how did you how did that come about and what's the process I suppose of actually getting a team together yeah well it's uh, it was a big decision um moving all the way to Orleans or moving all the way Denmark is a small country but <laughs> everything is relative I guess um but there were no football club as you said here so me and um, a guy that I've, I've never met before. His name was um, Daniel Troll, an Australian living here in in, in Odense. And he, um, we got in touch on Facebook and said, I'm moving uh, to Odense. I play football. I can see that you're from Australia playing football as well. Should, should we start a club? And he was like, hell yeah. And <laughs> in 
in an, in just a few few weeks after moving here, we 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 shared a beer at a bar and we started going around to every tall person we could find at the bar saying, "You look tall. See you on see you on see you on Tuesday." We didn't have any footballs or place to train, but <laughs> that didn't stop us from starting the recruitment. And um, from then, we we partnered with the with the university to to get some uh, help to recruit new players. We 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 teamed up with the what's called GF, a bigger sporting organization here in Odense, who helped us with the facilities, club hub rooms, getting a field sorted, all these sort of things, and and then just slowly build it from there. And a year into trying to build a club, we were contacted by three girls who said. Can we join? And we were like, oh, we don't have a women's team. They were like, no worries, we'll, we'll just come and, and tag along. They did. And then uh, a few months afterwards, we had our first um, Lionesses game being played alongside with the Lions as we, we named the, the teams here in Orlinson. So I suppose the growth of the Lions and the Lionesses have been going, has been going for the past seven, eight years. What have you found some of the biggest challenges in, so I suppose, keeping that, that senior team growing, the senior men's and women's team growing? But then also, what do you think has been has worked like really well for you? Well, I think what has been the most challenging thing is keeping keeping the numbers of players um, as at a level where we could always have facilitate training sessions and could field the team to play games and so on. Um, as many people probably playing football around Europe will know. People have other commit, uh, commitments, family, work, study, whatever it is. And to get a completely new player to the game who is, hasn't really developed maybe a lot for the sport yet, to get them to commit three Saturdays in a row to, to just be able to feel the team. Um, so having that patient with people, uh, allowing them to find their own way to fall in love with the game um, has probably been, been the most challenging and just... Um, not pressuring everyone to oh you need to rock up Saturday and have that strict culture but more understand that people need to 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 find their own priorities in life and if football is one of them then come join the club because we will most like most uh, we would really love to to have you involved and so the most challenging has definitely been to be patient with people or be patient with the de- development process of a club and just slowly see um, people um, stay, people get committed, people falling in love with the sport, and then it's a snowball effect from there. But if you get into a group where there's already 10 people who find this is the most exciting thing to do on Saturdays, they get uh, infected with the, with the booty virus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and one of some of the things that's worked really well, I think the smartest thing we did uh, was to find um, bigger organizations to partner with. Okay. There's only so much you can do when you're two people who knows that don't even know the city, maybe don't even know where where to start in, in, in building a, a proper setup around uh, a club. Um, so finding out strategic partners in the university or in schools and the local council, and as we did here with the bigger sporting organizations here in Owens, that really help with all of the the borrowing stuff you're know, filling out blankets and sending in numbers and, and all these things getting someone uh, to help you with that and really free up volunteer power to put it into the footy based resources so instead of wasting volunteer powers on chatting with the council of always being on the lookout for the next thing to recruit players having some 
partners, whether it's just a, a, a platform or some structures already in place to do those things, just frees up the volunteer power. And that's since we got into that, uh, we've really capitalized on 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 our efforts into to growing the club. Yeah. And how about um, the junior program? I suppose you obviously came through the junior program at Farum. Is that something that you've uh, been had the time, I suppose, to put attention towards, or is that maybe something that you're looking towards, you know, bringing back in the, in the next couple of years or getting started in the next couple of years? I think some of the, the most enjoyable times I've had with football has been coaching the junior program in, in Farm. Because when I was done being junior myself, or I was 15 years of age when I took on the, the coaching caps of problems the junior, <laughs> but, uh, but at least the younger juniors than myself <laughs> um, started coaching them and, and really enjoyed it and really miss it now here in, you know, it's not being able to, to work with, with the, with the younger people. There's just a, a different aspect to coaching, coaching uh, younger people than coaching adults. Yep. And, and unfortunately we haven't had the, the opportunity to start a junior team here in yet. Uh, it's something that we are slowly working towards. Our plan is sort of to, uh, implemented into the the PE um, classes that goes around here in, in Illinois, meaning that we uh, approach PE teachers, come out, present sport, um, do that every year from the year five up to year nine. So once every year they, they see the sport, they know it's a thing. So when we all of a sudden hopefully get the structure and volunteer power to also pull off such a thing, that there will be a bigger number of, of people from which is not completely new, They've actually maybe played it three or four times during PE classes already. They're familiar with the, you're not too, supposed to throw it and uh, the different the different aspects. They 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 might not have a uh, the capacity to say, yep, that's a goal, that's a mark. Well, they at least have been introduced to this year and to yeah. this football. Uh, so we're putting into the early groundwork um, to to hopefully soon um, be able to pull that off. But with junior programs, it's not up to, it, it can't be accomplished by one club in one country. It has to be a coordinated effort within within the league. So I'm, I'm glad that we're seeing more and more clubs showing interest in, in development projects, and not, not just with, with, the, with men's and women's football, but also with the junior sports. So um, if not 2022, then maybe uh, not in a too far future. Yeah, awesome. Well, you, you touched on a development program earlier through the university, which has already turned out to be really successful with you guys taking a team to AFL Europe's universities tournament, the Fitzpatrick Cup at the start of 2020. Um, how was it traveling to that event with the team? Um, had many of the players been involved in the sport for long? And just overall, how was your experience at that event? Well, first of all, I think it was it was um, probably one of the best AFL Europe tournaments I've been to. I really think the whole atmosphere around the competition and around all the the understanding or in, in lack of better words between the different teams are really good. Everyone was there representing their university and uh, there was uh, both some, some friendly battles out on the ground and, and I really found that, that the people involved in the tournament were, were there to have fun and play some football, which is, which is uh, of, of course true for all April Europe events, but there was a, a great atmosphere around uh, the Fitzpatrick Cup. Um, we went there with a, a fairly unexperienced team. Um, we we promoted it through the university that come and tried this new sport. And the carrot was that you then could go 
with the team uh, to play in this tournament. So we had people showing up that maybe were more interested in, in, in traveling and having a good time, maybe just, just playing the sport. Um, and unfortunately, we had the training session before we had to leave. We had some guy who, who, who hurt himself and we had to teach a new player on the way to the tournament how to, to handball and showing him on a, on a mobile phone, this, this, is a mark, this, is, this is how you do it. Uh, he did really well in the first game, he kicked the goal, so it wasn't all wasted. <laughs> um, but uh, it, was, it was just um, a really exciting to see the culmination of all the, the efforts we've done at the university, mainly using it as a platform to, to recruit from and um, participate in the, the different events that the university have to, to send a team of only university students where with, with many picking up the sport for the first time and and uh, and wearing a students logo on the on the on the jersey going going to and from the game so yeah it was really an, an enjoyable day and and strengthened our uh, collaboration with the university for sure they were really kind of sponsoring a lot of uh, of the gear we had and helping us with, with the travel expenses and everything so we couldn't be happier with working with the with the Southern University of Denmark. Oh, it sounds like it's in good hands with you involved in leading the way both off field and on field because you're actually named in the team of the tournament at the Fitz Cup. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Ryan, who I was doing the votes, he was cheating, man. I was I, I was by by a long shot of the, not, not doing as well as some of my, my teammates, but uh, I'll take all the medals I can get. I'm I'm getting older and older and slower and slower. So uh, if I can get a few more medals before I retire, that that. that. That's just icing on the cake. <laughs> and something else that you guys have been doing in Denmark is, I suppose, partnering or assisting some of your neighbouring countries or um, countries around Europe, some of the smaller ones that are still developing and growing their teams. Um, do you want to touch on, I suppose, your your involvement and then also your your assistance with Sophia Magpies in Bulgaria? They're obviously up and coming in these past couple of years. What's what's your role been involved there? Uh, we we had a we had a. Great visit from the Sofia Magpies in, in here in Orleans, where they they send up a team of um, very rough talent, still a little un, undeveloped, um, but you could just sense that their uh, their love for the game and their commitment to each other were sky high. So we really saw some some potential in in this group and how how passionate they were about starting their own club. They came up here and obviously they set up behavior and is uh, it's pretty strong. We have a gym, indoor arena attached to our field. We have club rooms, we have meeting rooms, we have conference rooms, we have medic rooms. We have all these different uh, setups um, that allows us to, to have a strong foundation to both attract new players and, and keep a pretty decent level of, um, of a club going. And they showed us pictures of uh, knee-high grass, uh, with the highway in the background where they would kick the football towards trees, and that was the goals. Uh, so obviously, two different worlds colliding at the different stages of the development, and they were they were really uh, interested in getting our feedback and our help in 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 how to do different things. Um, so we've really been chatting a lot with them, keeping them motivated, letting them motivate us, just getting that re. Uh, the feeling of, of falling in love with footy all over again through the eyes of, of someone someone else starting a club uh, has been, been I think beneficial for both of us um, and now when they send pictures from from growing numbers and bigger bigger bigger, bigger and better facilities it's a it's a joy to watch and uh, we hope that we soon can can travel to to Sofia and, and, and play them again um, we were actually putting it in, in the 
the calendar for, for 2021, but chances are we'll have to wait for that for next year. But it's definitely something that we are prioritizing very highly to, to get down there and meet that group of people again and see how far they've come. So you've, you've represented um, Denmark and Audience at, at a number of uh, events across across Europe. So you've had success at the, the Euro Cup, AFA Europe's Euro Cup 2018 with Denmark, um, 2015 and 2014. I think you guys went back to back. Euro Champs in 2019, you guys came second. We touched on the International Cup um, in the 2000s or 2011. Um, you've had an, an array of experience across these events. What are some of your favourite stories and just How's it been representing the country? I suppose that's probably something you never really thought you might have been doing growing up or when you first got involved in Australian footy. I think that the representing your your country in, in, in any capacity is, is a big honour and it's, um, it's something that, that gives you also special bond with the people you share it with. So going there as a team representing Denmark or representing whatever country you, you're from is a, is a great feeling and it, it, it builds something amongst the group that's something that you can always talk about I remember when we won the the trophy in, in Ireland and or whatever country it was <laughs> that we were, were participating in so um, some really 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 fun memories of playing in the in the Vikings jumper um, but I think maybe one of the, the better uh, memories I have from for me your Europe events is probably uh, from a Champions League event where uh, I was, we were also were participating uh, despite being anything but champions. Uh, <laughs> we the 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 winners of the competition the year before were offered to go, couldn't go. Number two was asked, ah, couldn't get the funds. Number three, ah, couldn't couldn't get the people together to travel this early and all the way down to uh, not sure we we were the wooden spoon, but we were at least. Not, not in top, top, top three. Um, and we were like, a trip to Amsterdam, playing Champions League. Oh, we are going. So, so <laughs> we, we went there, um, probably, probably one of the, the worst team in the competition, but we had a, a really good time and, and playing some against, uh, against some, some really, really good uh, opponents. Especially remember a game against the London Wildcats. Yeah, West London. Uh, been dominating the Champions League for years now. Um, but we played against them in one of the years that they won. And we we were just, I was standing in, in the back line for some reason. Uh, I, I was uh, trying to stop one of the, the, the bigger Aussie guys from taking a mark and would just jump on my shoulders, catch football. I was lying on the ground and he would run the last 20 meters in and just toe poke it over the line. So <laughs> it was just a, a good experience, really seeing how, how football is supposed to be played. And, and Denmark, I think, would have some of the a few players that have obviously grown up like yourself through the junior program. Um, to be able to play it from such a young age would give yourselves the confidence, I suppose, to have the skills, um, you know, through kicking, handballing, and to really master the skills over the years. Um, and that you've even had a couple of teammates that have made the trip um, to Australia to try their luck, I suppose, in the Australian competitions. How's it been playing alongside those guys, and how far, I suppose, did they get in in attempting to make it all the way in Australia? Well, the, the, the person who came closest to, to making it in, in Australia was probably um, our, our great Danish. He's been, been called on social media, uh, Mikkel Kerr from Clarum. I had the pleasure of, of coaching him as a junior as well and follow his development, not just as a football player, but as a, a great human being. Um, really takes his sport seriously and treats everyone around him with the, 
with seriousness around what football is supposed to be and uh, how it can also be used as a tool to develop other aspects of your life. So it's really, really, um, really big figure here in, in Denmark and playing football. And he was, he played in the VFL Port, Port Melbourne, I believe it was. Um, yep. Played a, a few VFL games. Unfortunately, I think he had some some shoulder problems that maybe kept him a little bit from from playing to his full potential. Um, but looking at his skills and also how he performs at the different Italy Europe events, he is just an, a, a top player and league player. Um, where would if circumstances maybe would have been a little bit differently, he he you think is the closest thing we would have had to to a guy making it not not just to the VFL, but in my opinion, maybe even to the AFL. And you must have a bit of pride watching him and seeing him do well, like you touched on before, but there must be another, a couple other juniors that you coached through the years that you see around every, on the every time, every time one of the juniors that I've coached kicks a goal, makes a tag, it's like, yeah, you can thank me later. Worries, <laughs> worries, yep. All the times I made you run up and down the hill, it all pays off now, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, luckily there's a really big group of the juniors that I coached back Back then in farm this, that are still the main core both on the national team but also obviously in, in the farm club and to, to watch them play and see how far they've taken their potential is, is really it's 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 really they're playing football at a high high level uh, not just in, in european standards but in in even compared to some of the australian players that we we have playing in the league as well yeah great where do you see those guys taking their footy with Denmark over the next couple of years? Do you want, do you reckon there might be an appearance in another international cup soon coming in the, in the next couple of years for the, for these players to represent it? I think we, looking at the, the, the squad of players, if we were to put the best Viking players into a team, set them to Australia, I think it would be really competitive because we've got a really big group of players that have been, now have experience playing age side, have some experience in, in playing games or at a high level and have enough experience to to take such a such a tournament as the international club is um, and take it on um, i think the biggest obstacle we have is not maybe on on the numbers of good players we have to be competitive but in the whole structural and volunteer power and funding uh, such a massive trip as it is to Australia. Um, so fingers crossed that we can make it happen in, in a not too distant future. Because uh, I really think that we have uh, a playing group at the moment that go down there and be, be really, really competitive in an international cup. If, yep. if we can make it happen, it requires uh, more than hard work on the field and more hard work off field. And that's an aspect that we might need to improve on here in Denmark. On those next few years as well, uh, what, what are the hopes for, for footy in Denmark with the league? Um, do, you, do you see more teams entering the league? Let's talk like over the next 10 years. Um, what is, do you think, the focus for, for you guys and even for audience um, over these next couple of years? Yeah, well, looking at a, starting from maybe a club perspective then is to, to grow the, the numbers of the female players we have. Um, we had a big search when we first launched our women's program in Melissa. Um, and it has it has slowly uh, declined a bit in numbers. Again, uh, as I mentioned before, that starting an activity or starting something uh, up with that being where women's football or junior football or even a men's league, it's not something that one clock can do alone. Um, so we might you know, can have all 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 good ideas and all them all the people in in Copenhagen can can have some really good ideas. But if we're not 
putting our efforts working towards the same goal, then we we won't see as progressive development. So my hope for the for the league is that we can put our forces together and uh, find some common ground or some goals to work towards. I think we have um, we haven't followed up on some of the the good ideas there and, and energies and, and volunteer power there is in the league because we haven't maybe set ourselves the the right goals and worked towards them as a collective. Uh, so hopefully during the next 10 years, we will see all of DAFL working together towards the same goals. And hopefully those goals will be uh, bringing more women's teams into the competition, hopefully starting a few new clubs to, to get the numbers up and Hopefully, my biggest goal would be to get junior program like Farm, not just being a once uh, in, in 20 years project, but being something that is started all around Denmark in every football club and really seeing the long-term progress and seeing um, some sustainability in every club with junior players coming through and, and joining the senior competition. Fantastic. And, and how about yourself? Can you see yourself transitioning as such from a player into maybe a coach in the next couple of years? I understand you're undertaking your level two coaching accreditation and you've had these de um, developmental positions in the past. Um, so I suppose, where do you see yourself um, with footy in Denmark in the next couple of years? Uh, I hope the body allows me to play for, 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 for all of those 10 years. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> But but still, you played. A, I saw it, uh, you actually achieved a milestone in twenty seventeen. One hundred duffel games. Maybe there's two hundred uh, in the next couple of years. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, side. definitely going for the two hundred. Definitely going <laughs> for two hundred. Um, it's. Uh, I think since the club started in twenty thirteen, I haven't missed one game of football from Pro Unser. So it could also be good to to get to a point where I, where I can say that in ten years I haven't missed a game of football. Um, We'll see if the body allows it, <laughs> but um, but it's well. I see my, my own role as yes, maybe slowly transitioning from being a player and coach to focus more time on just coaching. Um, it's just everyone who I think most clubs in Europe doesn't have a designated coach. Maybe there are many instances where people are both playing and coaching, or being the chairman and coaching, uh, and being able to put even more focus into either role um, is something that I'll probably slowly transition into and whether that being on a on a league level trying to implement some of these um, wider overall plans for the whole league or whether it being implementing more focus on my own uh, coaching skills that's still undecided I can feel that either way it's, it's just great to be involved with football and, and helping where where I feel my skills are uh, are most useful and with that being in the in the excel spreadsheet in the in the boardroom or it's being uh, in in runners and a whistle in my hand out on the field that's that's maybe too early to see maybe a combination hopefully if, uh, if time's allowed fantastic well it's super exciting and super interesting what you guys are doing with footy in Denmark and um, I'm keen to see where it goes over these next couple of years um, I suppose from AFL Europe thanks for all the hard work that you've given to the sport over the years um, it's really appreciated and I think it's been great to share your story because it is an awesome story to share and just how you got involved in the sport from such a young age so yeah thanks again and good luck with the 2021 Daffle season ahead um, hopefully yeah, get a couple of games in uh, kick a few goals thanks mate I will see if I can get a few games under my belt <laughs>